Welcome to Speak My Peace, the podcast that covers all things NBA on and off the court. And now, here's your host, Isaac Anza. Welcome to the first episode of Speak My Peace. I am your unapologetic host, Isaac Anza. On this new podcast, you'll be hearing my take, the only take that matters on all things NBA on and off the court. For those of you who don't know me, don't worry, we'll get acquainted over the next few weeks. And for those of you who do know me, thanks for tuning in. No introduction needed. You already know I'm an avid basketball fan. But you may be asking yourself, a podcast? Why is Isaac doing a podcast? Well, I've been watching the NBA my entire life. The NBA is the greatest show on TV. Yeah, not a game, but a show. Kind of like a great soap opera with so many juicy storylines. You know, I'm the youngest of four siblings. My sister, the eldest, she has about six years on me. When I'd come home from school, of course, I'd want to watch TV. Cartoons was my preference, but my sister was always in control of the TV. What did a teenage girl have on? Soap operas. Days of our lives, to be specific. <laughs> oh, days. John Black, Stefano DeMera, Marlene Evans, Sammy Brady. <laughs> Classic characters, liars, adulterers, split personalities. Evil twins, paternity mix-ups. They never aged. Evil twin brothers returning from the dead. Just pure mayhem. But all those juicy storylines equals longevity. And that's what soap operas have. And you know what? I believe Days of Our Lives is still on TV. Probably going strong. I haven't checked the ratings, but I'm willing to bet it's still going strong. The NBA reminds me a lot of a soap opera. Chaos, collusion, deceit, unpredictability, redemption, love, friendship, revenge, failure, triumph, success, egos, money, power, respect. Guys, the Philadelphia 76ers tanked for 10 years. That is the definition of chaos. Consistency, perfection, the Spurs over the last 20 years. Man, they've been a pleasure to watch. Unpredictability, Raptors, 2019 champions. Who would have thought we of the North stand up? Comebacks, hey, Jordan, 23. We all know his story. Love, D-Wade, LeBron, the Heatles. It was like a, um, a beautiful romantic getaway in the Bahamas. Brotherly love. Kobe, Shaq. You know, they had their ups and downs, but they were fun to watch and successful. Revenge. Betrayal. KD versus Westbrook. It's like a scene from Shakespeare. Someone's feelings got hurt and it wasn't KD. Sadness, loss, pain. Kobe, we love you. Oh, it hurts. Mamba forever. Power moves. I'm in control. I want out. I want to be traded. 
AD to the Lakers, Pazingas to the Mavs, Vince Carter to the Nets, Melo, Denver to the Knicks. Trade me. I'm in control. Power to the players. Wow, how's the game evolved? And everybody's trying to be crowned king. We all want respect. What a game. What a show. A show ran by refs, coaches, managers, owners, media personalities, shoe companies, TV networks. It's just such a fantastic production. And it just keeps getting better and better. And here we are, ready for a new season. So much excitement, so many more storylines. LeBron's at the top of his game. KD's back. Oh, I just can't wait. It's going to be fantastic. Let's get after it, guys. Let's have some fun. So, the NBA had an abbreviated offseason. And boy, was it fast and furious. This free agency period brought lots of player movement, but the needle hasn't shifted as much as we would have liked. In a little over two weeks, we saw rosters completely revamped by the draft, by trades, by free agency. I mean, the Phoenix Suns and Oklahoma City Thunder have brand new teams. It's just crazy the turnover of players both those teams have seen. But... As I mentioned, we're going into this year with really four or five true contenders. So I'm going to speak on those teams that have the ability to win the Larry O'Brien Trophy. Let's start with the champs, Los Angeles Lakers. So season review, NBA champions, LeBron James, AD, Wow, the chemistry was fantastic. They survived the conditions in the bubble. They stuck together. They got timely play from veterans. Frank Vogel did a great job running the bench. Lakers were able to play big. They were able to play small. They were able to play fast. They defended well. And personally, I loved how they brought back two big men on the court. Dwight Howard and AD really controlled the paint. The Lakers did a fantastic job last year. So, what's going on with the champs? Danny Green, gone. Rajon Rondo, gone. JaVale McGee, gone. Avery Bradley, Dwight Howard, all gone. Who'd they bring in? Montrell's Harrell, Wesley Matthews, Dennis Schroeder, Marcus All. Look, I like the, the move the Lakers made. It's so important to bring in guys who are hungry. Harold's hungry. Matthews is hungry. Schroeder is hungry. Gasol's hungry. Guys who haven't won titles or guys who've only won one title, so important to keep refreshing your roster. Now, are they going to miss some of those veterans? You know what? I thought Rondo did a great job for the Lakers in the playoffs. You know, Rondo can be difficult. He's bounced around since his Boston days. But he played great against Houston. He played great against Miami. Made timely shots. I think he'll be a big loss for that team. Dandy Green? Well, (laughs) 
you guys were on Instagram doing the NBA Finals. There were a lot of memes about Danny Green, and we all know why. How many more misses? Danny struggled. So will the Lakers be able to replace him? I think so, absolutely. Jabel McGee, great shot blocker, but hey, there's a, there's a reason he's only playing three to five minutes per game, and he did have a lot of DNPs in the NBA playoffs. Avery Bradley, tough, hard-nosed defender, good glue guy, good team guy. I do think he'll be missed as well, but they won a championship without him. That's just the truth of the matter. So the addition they brought in, Harold, you know what? He'll make the Lakers a much better regular season team. I'm concerned about his ability to defend in the post, in the postseason. We saw what Jokic did to him. He had a tough time handling bigger bodies. Will he be on the court in crunch time? Well, that's yet to be seen. Wesley Matthews, great addition, solid defender, great 3 and D guy. I think he'll fill in real nicely for Danny Green. And again, motivated to win. Played with the Bucks last year. Played a huge role in leading the Bucks to the best record in the East. I think Matthews will fit in nicely. And LeBron loves his veterans. And that's exactly what Matthews is. Dennis Schroeder adds a little bit of youth to the team. A guy who can come off the bench, give you 15 to 18 points a game. Now, will he come off the bench? I don't know. Will he start? Well, he's capable of doing both. And that's what you need. Versatility in the guy who can handle the ball, take a little bit of the load off LeBron, and still get you 15 to 18 points a night. Great addition, Dennis Schroeder, and a very reasonable contract. And a surprise addition was Marcus All. I was hoping he would have stayed with the Raptors, of course, stayed with the home team, but Gasol, I think he'll do a great job of uh, picking up where Dwight Howard left off. Gasol can also give you a little bit more offensively. Um, Dwight Howard oftentimes rarely touched the ball on offense unless he went and grabbed a rebound. So Marc Gasol, you can run your offense through him. Great passer, great positional defender. I think he'll do wonders for this team. Will they make a contribution during the regular season? Probably not. Maybe 10, 15 minutes a night. Some nights here probably have zero points and a couple rebounds. But in crunch time, in the playoffs, when they go with a lineup of Gasol, Davis, LeBron, Matthews, and Dennis Schroeder or Kyle Kuzma, you'll see Gasol on the court. He'll be playing those Big, crucial minutes. So I got to give the, the champs a great A. They just got better. The rich got richer. Credit to Rob Polenko. The Lakers have turned things around. The champions are poised to repeat. Looking really, really good. On the other side of the Staples Center are the Los Angeles Clippers. Whew. That was tough. Tough to watch. Tough to watch a team self-destruct. Blowing a 3-1 lead against the Denver Nuggets. Man, I don't think those guys slept for days. Probably weeks. I wouldn't have. That was embarrassing. So, what did the Clippers decide to do? Well, not a whole heck of a lot. They brought in Serge Ibaka. They brought in Luke Kennard from the Detroit Pistons. Lost Montreal. Lost Michael Green. Lost Landry Shamit. The Clippers are going in with this year's mindset of, we just need better chemistry. Better chemistry will equal better decisions. 
down the stretch of games. And you know what? I agree with that philosophy. There's been too much rest, too much load management. Guys were banged up. Guys didn't want to play. I'm really, really anxious to see how Ty Lue handles the roster this year. 72-game season. Will guys play more often? Will the Clippers gel as a team? So going back to those additions, Serge Ibaka, hey, he's an upgrade over Montreal Herald. Like I know Montreal is the sixth man of the year, but in the half-court game, Serge Ibaka gives you the ability to have a true center who can protect the paint and make three-point shots. Look, Serge is a champion, and he's played at a high level his entire career. And he's played as a, as a high level as a role player. And that's exactly what the Clippers need. So great addition bringing in Serge. And they got him at a great price. Lou Kennard, good, good player. Unfortunately, he's had some tough, a tough time staying on the court in Detroit. Some knee pains have kept him off the court. So we'll see how he fits into the rotation. Um, the Clippers have Lou Will. They have Patrick Beverly. So there's going to be some competition for minutes. We'll see what they decide to do with Luke Kennard. Listen, championships are not won in the offseason. Good or bad, whatever you may think, they are not won in the offseason. And the Clippers found that out the hard way last year. So this year, what will they do in season? That's going to be the key. My grade for the Clippers, a solid B. They were a great team. They had... A great record last year when they were all healthy. They performed well for the most part. We just want to see if Playoff P can actually play like PF, Playoff P. Kawhi Leonard, one of the best players in the league. We all expect him to be back at his best. And I'm real curious to see what Kawhi does this year. Is he actually going to play every single night and lead this team? So Los Angeles Clippers, give them a solid B. Let's shift to the Eastern Conference. Brooklyn. Yes, the Brooklyn Nets are back. Kevin Durant is back. Kyrie Irving is back. Steve Nash is back. Wow. This should be a very interesting team to watch. So much talent on this ball club. Obviously, the favorites to come out of the East mainly because Kevin Durant back in action. If you caught the preseason game, he looked pretty good. Looked like KD of old. Hopefully he can stay healthy. But let's talk about this team's roster. Kevin Durant, Kyrie, Lavert, Jared Allen, Joe Harris, Dinwiddie, DeAndre Jordan, Landry Shamit. So many good players, stars, role players, rim protectors, three-point shooters. They're going to be a heck of a ball club. As I mentioned, they brought in Landry Shamit. They brought in Jeff Green. Notable subtractions. Nobody have no. All they need is KD and Kyrie. Rim protectors and some three-point shooting. Look, you need a blue chip player to win an NBA championship. It's that simple. It's proven. We all know it. You cannot win without a blue chip player. The last team to do it was the Pistons back when they had a rip and Ben Wallace and and uh, Chauncey Bullops. 
you know, that may have been the only team without a top five player in the NBA. It's extremely tough to do. You need talent. You need a player like Kevin Durant to win an NBA championship. So the Brooklyn Nets, key, team chemistry. We know team chemistry is key. Ask the Clippers. The problem is, we all know Kyrie Irving loves to destroy chemistry. Oh, Kyrie, we're going to be watching and keeping a close eye on Kyrie this year. How will he behave? Last year, he asked for his players to be traded, openly criticized his players. This past offseason, he's talking about how there's no coach. I mean, Kyrie is just something else. Talented player, but some of his comments, they make you scratch your head. They really, really do. But with that being said, as long as Brooklyn does what they're supposed to do, everybody stays healthy, it's going to be hard to see them being defeated in the Eastern Conference. Miami doesn't have the firepower. Toronto doesn't have the firepower. Boston doesn't have the firepower. Maybe the Milwaukee Bucks could give them a run for their money. Again, the game isn't played on paper. But we'll see how things play out over this course of the year. But without question, Brooklyn Nets looking like the beast of the East. I give their grade a B plus. Solid offseason. Landry Shaman should come in, help man the second unit. Jeff Green, a journeyman, has played well for many teams, can shoot the three. Brought back Joe Harris, really, really good glue guy, great three-point shooter. And, of course, Kevin Durant coming back from injury. That is the biggest prize of the free agency period. KD coming back from injury. Brooklyn Nets, B plus, should be an interesting year. Milwaukee Bucks, led by two-time league MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Well, season summary, 2019, disappointing exit. Giannis didn't play particularly well. They were... They had such high expectations for that ball club, and they fell short losing in the Eastern Conference semifinals. So, with that being said, they couldn't come back this year with the same ball club. Giannis was in the last year of his deal. The team was desperate to keep him, and they made a big move. They bought in Drew Holiday. They brought in DJ Augustine. They brought in Bobby Portis. They brought in Tory Gregg. And as a result, perhaps the winners of the free agency period, Milwaukee Bucks were able to re-sign Giannis to a super max contract. A lot of people were surprised by that contract. Giannis committing to the franchise. Fantastic for the small markets. Maybe not too good for the NBA. I'll get into that in another episode. But another small market team gets to keep a superstar player and compete for a championship. So how will it play out for the Milwaukee Bucks this year? Drew Holiday, a great two-way player, glue guy, can shoot, can defend, can run the point, 
can he be that consistent third score the team needs? DJ Augustine will man that second unit. Without question, the Bucks offense will be better this year. Bobby Portis, Brian Forbes can score. Augustine's a good pick and roll player. The Bucks will have more options this year. Very, very important. We saw last year how stagnant their offense got. But the key to me is Giannis's play. Can he make perimeter shots when teams are sagging off him? When the offense becomes stagnant, can Giannis create plays for himself and for others? That's the key. The jury is still out. Can Giannis be a reliable scorer and make perimeter jump shots? Drew, well, they they gave up a king's ransom to get him. They gave up a gazillion first round picks, and he is not guaranteed to be there long term. So the Milwaukee Bucks this year, it's um it's going to be interesting. A lot of pressure on this ball club to make a deep run. I think it's finals or bust for this team. Brooklyn Nets will be standing in their way. I'm not worried about their regular season. Giannis is a young star. He plays every night, dominates. This team will win a lot of games. Will be a number one, two seed, probably a one seed because Brooklyn is going to take some time to build some chemistry. But it's going to be about what this team can do in the playoffs. How will they play under pressure? How will Giannis adapt to the half-court game? Can he make key plays down the stretch of a ball game? So I'm not concerned about the regular season. I'm not concerned about their defense. What will happen in crunch time? That's what it's all about for the Milwaukee Bucks. So my offseason grade, A+. You convinced Giannis to resign. I think he would have been much better served playing for a team like Toronto or the Miami Heat or the Boston Celtics playing with playing with an organizations that have won and have good solid role players around him. But he chose loyalty. I hope he doesn't end up regretting it. We will see. Milwaukee Bucks, A plus. A plus. Let's shift over to the Toronto Raptors. Last time we saw the Raptors, they fell just short in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Semifinals. A courageous effort, in my opinion. They were outgunned, outmatched, but Toronto's gritty style kept them in the series, and they pushed the Boston Celtics to seven games. Listen, Toronto just didn't have enough firepower. I think we all saw what happened lack of a true score like a Kawhi Leonard was the difference in that series. And what did the Toronto Raptors do this offseason? Well, they brought in the big man, Aaron Baines, a good, solid center, role player, limited offensively. Subtractions, well, I've already spoken about both of them. Serge Ibaka, Marcus Gasol, two key losses, two huge losses, both players highly effective on the offensive and defensive end. 
They were able to re-sign Fred Van Fleet, which I thought was crucial. In my opinion, they got him a good price, about $21 bucks a year. And Chris Boucher, well, he'll probably be filling in and getting some minutes. Talented young Canadian center. But again, they did not fill their need. We saw Pascal Siakam in the playoffs against Boston. He struggled mightily. I believe he gave them about 15 points a night, shot low 40s from the, from the field, just wasn't able to do what we needed him to do. Toronto needed a score. With the shot clock running low, watching Van Fleet jack up three-pointers just wasn't good offense. Kyle Lowry, tough, hard-nosed player. He's getting up there in age. We can't rely on him to give us 17 to 20 points a night. Raptors needed to bring in a big-time score. They were unable to do so. Last year in the playoffs, in the semis, the 100 points per 100 possessions they scored in the conference semis was the worst mark for a team in the 2020 playoff series. They just struggled to get buckets. And I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of that this year. The Eastern Conference is crowded now. Now that Brooklyn's back, um, Philadelphia made a coaching change, bringing in Doc Rivers. Toronto, I see them being like a fifth or sixth seed right now. And unless Messiah has something up his sleeve, I just can't see the Raptors progressing and having a deep run in this year's NBA playoffs. So overall, unfortunately, I'm giving the Raptors a B, and I think I'm being generous. A B primarily because they were able to bring back Fred. If they would have lost Fred, I would have given them a D or an F, truthfully. Um, I'm curious to see what their strategy is going forward. Again, do they have a trade up their sleeve? Are they looking for next year free agency class? Giannis, he won't be coming to Toronto. We were all hoping that he would, but he will not be. In years past, Toronto has had trouble bringing in key free agents. The best thing Toronto has done over the past few years is have been making timely trades to improve the ball club. So I'm not liking the outlook for the Toronto Raptors this year. Very concerned. They do have great team chemistry. They play hard every night. Every night, somebody can be that guy and shine. A guy like Norman Powell can come off the bench and give you 20 points and and really lead, lead you to an unexpected win. But consistency, Pascal Siakam, what will you do for the Raptors this year? Will you elevate your game and step up and be that all-star that the Raptors need you to be? Overall offseason, grade a B, unfortunately. Raptors, I'm not excited about this season's outlook, but I'm hope, I hope they can prove me wrong. So we will see. Should be interesting. <laughs> It's time for O Canada. In this segment, I'll be talking exclusively Canada basketball. 
Our footprint continues to grow in the league. We have over 20 Canadians on active rosters. The best of them being Jamal Murray, Canada's brightest star. Last year's playoff run was quite the coming out party. The 23-year-old had a historic individual performances, a pair of 50-point games in the first round that brought us to the edge of our seats. Not to mention, he went toe-to-toe with the best in the world, AD, Kawhi, LeBron, and Paul George. The question I have for you, what are your expectations? Is Jamal the next great superstar? Canada, sadly, I say no. Listen, we need to see more. Two, three months in the bubble, that doesn't mean squat. You have to bring it each and every year before you get crowned superstar status. Listen, Jamal Murray, he's an 18, four rebounds, five assists per game type of guy. That's what he's been. In the playoffs, yes. Amazing numbers, 26 points a night, six assists, four rebounds. He played fantastic. But we need to see consistency because that's what superstars do. They bring it every single night every single year so ponder this the nba all-star game the fans the media the players they select the starters two guards jamal murray is a guard two guards two spots the coaches select the reserves two guard spots and the coaches select two players at any position in the respective conference So essentially, there are six spots for Jamal. Here are some of the guards he will be competing with. James Harden, league leader in scoring. Steph Curry, coming off an injury, wants his crown back, wants to be known as the best guard in the West. He'll be out gunning, probably going to give you 30 points a night. Dame Lillard, Dame Dollar, we love Dame. Fans love Dame. I think he'll be be an all-star this year. Devin Booker, he's hungry. He felt snubbed last year. He's hungry. Chris Paul, Luka Doncic, he'll probably be starting the All-Star game. Donovan Mitchell, DeMar DeRozan, John Morant, some others. So I think it's safe to say Jamal probably won't be starting. He's not as popular as Harden. He's not as popular as Curry. He's not as popular as Dame Mother. Backup spots, it's going to be tough going to be tough those are some really really impactful guards that i that i just listed out what about those two other players at any respective position well that means he'd be competing against some forwards listen jokic paul george brandon mingram rudy gobert porzingis carl anthony towns man some talented talented players who will also be reserves so again I ask, will Jamar Murray even be an all-star, let alone a superstar? I think that we need to tame our expectations a little bit, guys. He's a great young player. I believe he's going into his fifth year. Talented kid. But we have to remember, he is the second option on his team. He's not the first. A lot of those guys I listed, they are option number one. Jamal is clearly the second best player on his team. The expectation for him to play great every night, it's not the same. If Dame doesn't play great, they probably don't win. James Harden does it all. If he doesn't play great, they probably don't win. 
Jamal Murray has the luxury of playing with a great center like Jokic. He can have the off night, which is partly the reason why he only averages 18 points a night. So we'll see. We will see. But sadly, not a superstar just yet. Sky is the ceiling for him. Let's see what happens this year, guys. Let's see what happens. We're rooting for you, Jamal. We're rooting for you. Let's go to Canada's former bright spot, Andrew Wiggins. Oh, Andrew. It's been a rough, rough seven years for Andrew Wiggins. Such high expectations from the former first overall pick out of Kansas. His career just, it's just been lackluster. Let's be honest. Talented player, great size, can put the ball on the floor a little bit, can shoot. So much talent when you see him, but we're just not getting the production and the consistency that we want. I mean, Jimmy Butler said it best. There's there's just no dog in Andrew Wiggins. And sadly, guys, look, it's not a contract a year. He's getting paid over $29 million a year, which is just it's mind-bottling, but he's entering a season where there's no excuses. He's playing for a winning team. He's playing for a, a winning head coach. He's playing with the easiest, most likable superstar in Steph Curry. He is probably the third option on that team. Yes, Clay Thompson got injured, but still will probably be about the third option on that team Maybe the second, we'll see how their number one draft pick pans out. Either way, not a lot of expectations for him to perform at a high level, but we still expect consistency from him. Last year, he gave the Warriors 19 points a game, 4.6 rebounds, and shot about 33% from the three-point line. So not bad, but we're going to be expecting more. But where Andrew needs to step up this year is on the defensive end. He needs to bring more to the table. Can he use his athleticism and versatility to to be disruptive, cause deals, and get in the open court and finish? That's what the Warriors need him to do. The Warriors once had a player by the name of Harrison Barnes who fit that key role very, very well when they won their first title. Can Wiggins step in and be that new Harrison Barnes with a little bit more athleticism and a little bit more pop? Let's see what happens. We're not expecting a lot of Andrew Wiggins, just consistency, some hunger. Let's see that dog. Come on, man. You can do it. What do you expect from my Wiggins this year, guys? I don't know. It, the question, it's a big, big question mark. But I will say this. If Wiggins disappoints early on, I wouldn't be surprised if... Bob Myers looks to trade him away to bring in somebody else because the Golden State Warriors need consistency from a third player. Andrew Wiggins currently is that guy. It's time for him to step up. The 2015 NBA Rookie of the Year, he hasn't lived up to the expectations. Andrew, you're on the clock, man. You're on the clock. Thanks for listening. Don't miss a moment of the action. Comment, like, and subscribe to Speak My Peace for automatic delivery of new episodes on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcast.